I'm uh, station manager Dan Aykroyd. Uh, Jane, you ignorant slut. It's the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. 3-605, 0.10, 0.20, 0.22, 0.24, 0.26, 0.50, 0.75, 0.75, 0.75, 0.75, 0.75, 0.75, 0.75, 0.75, 0.75, 0.75, 0.75, 0.75, 0.75, 
scene was obviously put in for humor. Not the funniest thing in the world, hearing, you know, seeing Gene Hackman telling two people to stop having sex. But the gist of it is, okay, Gene Hackman is in the Vice Squad. Because the next scene, we cut to the police station, and this cop tells Gene Hackman he's back on homicide. And this conversation basically explains to us that Gene Hackman was on homicide, he screwed up, and now that he was on vice. We didn't need that other scene. We could have cut to the police station. Gene Hackman walking out to his car, this cop, this cop is an asshole cop. Uh, him and Gene Hackman have an adversarial uh, relationship. We could have just cut to this scene. You're back on homicide. You're off of vice. I give you two weeks before you screw up and you're back on vice again. That's all we needed to know. That uh, Gene Hackman doesn't follow the rules. He got kicked off a of homicide. Now he's back on homicide. Now we cut to a sanitarium. And this is where we first see Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd, we don't know why he's in the sanitarium. He's in the sanitarium full of monks. And we see Dan Aykroyd painting a painting... The head monk, who's also a psychiatrist, walks up to Dan Aykroyd and tells him that I think you're well enough to get back on the police force. And they walk away and we look at the painting and it's a painting of the Last Supper and Dan Aykroyd has painted all the disciples and Jesus looking like himself. And one of them, we zoom into this close-up of Dan Aykroyd wearing sunglasses. It's obviously a reference to his character in the Blues Brothers. We cut to the next scene, and this is a, there's a lot of jarring cuts where we have scenes that we don't need to see seen, and then we have scenes that we probably should have to see not seen. We cut to the scene where Gene Hackman is sleeping in his car with all his stuff. We don't know why this happens. And then we get a line, well, my apartment caught on fire. Your apartment caught on fire? Yet you were able to get all your stuff out of the apartment and tied to your car? It just doesn't make sense. And I would have liked to seen Gene Hackman coming home to his apartment on fire, trying to get all the stuff out of his place. It just, it's just weird, weird cuts in this movie that just don't make sense. Then we cut to the crime scene, and uh, there's a line, a throwaway line, about Gene Hackman. He's divorced, and his wife is a born-again Christian and won't let him see his son. My opinion, a much better scene would have been the ridiculousness of him having a fire and able to get all of his stuff out of the apartment before it burned down. It's, it's not realistic. More realistic is he's sleeping in his car because his wife threw him out because she's a born-again Christian. That makes more sense. That gives him time to get everything out of his house. That gives him time to put everything in his car. And by the way, this is all done. A lot of these scenes which we don't need, are there to set up a joke that's later in the movie. We cut to the crime scene. We see Dan Aykroyd reconstructing the crime. Going back by beat by beat, he reconstructs the crime almost perfectly from what we saw earlier in the movie, just by the physical evidence that is there. Here we get a Dr. Watson, Sherlock Holmes moment. Gene Hackman asks Dan Aykroyd, how do you know all this information? How, he asks him like a series of questions. And Dan Aykroyd just ticks off the answers to all the questions, a la Sherlock Holmes. Where he was just, with the evidence at hand, he was able to make these conclusions. Much the way that Sherlock Holmes would say that to Dr. Watson. Dr. Watson would say, how did you know that? Sherlock Holmes said, the clue's available. It's a Holmes-Watson moment between Hackman and Aykroyd. So this shows us how sharp Aykroyd is, how he has one of the keenest minds on the police force. And at the end of the scene, we find out that the captain of the police is Dan Aykroyd's uncle. That's probably why he's on this case, and that's why he has put Gene Hackman with him, because Gene Hackman is a pro, and maybe he can keep an eye on him in case something happens. What's going to happen? I'm not going to tell you quite yet. We're not there yet. Then we cut to uh, Dan Aykroyd and Gene Hackman in the car with all of his stuff and his cat. All of Gene Hackman's worldly goods are in this car that he saved from a fire. Once again, if you say it out loud, it's ridiculous and it could never happen. Dan Aykroyd is being bothered by this and Dan Aykroyd, so it sets up that Dan Aykroyd is sort of fussy. Everything bothers him. Everything has to be a certain way with him. This scene reminds me of a scene in Dragnet where 
Tom Hanks is driving, and Dan Aykroyd tells him to slow down. The same thing happens in this movie, where Gene Hackman is driving, and Dan Aykroyd tells him to slow down. And at this point, Gene Hackman snaps. And he basically says, you know what, I'm going to do what I want, and I don't care about your feelings. And Dan Aykroyd accepts this, and they drive away. We cut to the police station. They find out that the big guy that escaped from the Germans is Dom DeLuise. They find out, and his name his name is Gutterman, Harry Gutterman, and he is in porno. These are known as the porno murders, and he's in the porno. And I can't help to think that they gave this guy Gutterman. He's in the porno, mind in the gutter, porno in the gutter. A little heavy-handed, I thought so. They find out that he runs an S&M club, and they go to this S&M club to find out who he is. Once in the S&M club, once again, we see another small bit by a future star, uh, Bill Fabergé. I am, man, I am horrible with names. The guy who was Dauber on Coach and more well-known as the voice of Patrick on SpongeBob. He's dressed all in leather, and he's a big guy. He's like 6'7", 6'8", towering over Gene Hackman and Dan Aykroyd. And he tells them that they can't come in. It's a private club. And Gene Hackman pushes his way past him. And then all of a sudden, Gene Hackman starts getting beat up. All these guys just start wailing on Gene Hackman. Left and right, left and right, left and right. And here we see Dan Aykroyd snap. And he goes into his multiple personality. We find out this is why he was in the sanitarium. He has multiple personalities. And he snaps. And during the fight, he turns into... An English gentleman boxer, the cowardly lion, Clint Eastwood, Lone Ranger. And while he's going through all these, he gets hit in the head with a bottle. And when he gets hit in the head with a bottle, he snaps out of it. He snaps out of it. And we see Dom DeLuise come out, and he's all freaked out because he doesn't know who's who. He doesn't know that these guys are really cops. He thinks they might be Germans after him. They convince Dom DeLuise that they're really cops. And we see all three of them in a car driving away. I'm going to say this about this movie. The chemistry between Gene Hackman and Dan Aykroyd is great. The chemistry between Gene Hackman, Dom DeLuise, and Dan Aykroyd is also great. Whenever you see those two or those three on the screen, it's really, really nice to see them work. They work All three of them work well off of each other. They're nice, entertaining scenes when all three of them are together. Dom DeLuise explains why the Germans are after him. He has some sort of weird movie. He calls it a porno movie, but he has this weird movie with Hitler in it. A weird porno movie with Hitler in it. He doesn't have the movie, but he knows the guy that does have the movie, and Dom DeLuise is going to buy the movie off of the guy. That was the other guy who escaped, the other German. So a German got a hold of this tape, and Dom DeLuise is going to buy it off of him. That is why the Germans are after Dom DeLuise. Because they know that Dom DeLuise knows where the guy is who has the film. And they're trying to get it uh, for some reason at this point. We don't know why. But the Germans are after this, this quote-unquote porno film with Hitler in it. The Germans are following them. And they shoot a rocket launcher, which barely misses them. And while the car is turning around, Gene Hackman has a musket for some reason. I don't know. He has a musket. So he's loading this musket. While the Germans are shooting machine guns at him and Dan Aykroyd and Dom DeLuise, he's loading a musket. It's ridiculous. He says that the musket has car stopping power. And he shoots the musket once and it doesn't stop the car. I don't know. We see Dan Aykroyd snap again. He starts running out on the street. The car almost runs Dan Aykroyd down. The Germans drive away. And now it's time for a car chase. We get our first car chase of the movie. And they put Dan Aykroyd behind the wheel of Gene Hackman's car. Once again, we have to remember that Gene Hackman's car has all of his stuff in the car. It's loaded in the back. It's tied on the top of the roof. It looks like, it looks like somebody is moving with all the stuff on his car. They start chasing the Germans... Dan Aykroyd snaps again, 
And he turns into all the characters from Star Trek. Kirk, Scotty, Bones, Spock. He goes through all of these. Because when Dan Aykroyd first starts driving, he's he's doing the speed limit. And Gene Ackman keeps telling him to go faster, go faster, go faster. And he keeps telling him to go faster, go faster, go faster. That's when he finally snaps. All the multiple personalities come in and he takes off like a shot. Boom. Now he's after the Germans. Dom DeLuise is in the car at this point. And this is a tangent alert. We're going on a tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. In the movie Cannonball Run, Dom DeLuise plays a man that has a multiple personality. He plays a driver, but he also plays Captain Chaos. And Captain Chaos is a masked Avenger that is a split personality of Dom DeLuise. And there's a scene in Cannonball Run where Dom DeLuise is driving and Burt Reynolds is yelling at him, go faster, go faster, go faster, and he snaps and he turns into his multiple personality and then, boom, he takes off. So this scene in uh, Loose Cannons very, very much reminded me of the scene in Cannonball Run with Dom DeLuise. So Dom DeLuise is in both of these scenes. Tangent alert over. We see the, we see the car chase. Uh, Dan Aykroyd just totals Gene Hackman's car. He loses all of his stuff. He drives through crates. He scrapes the car's side. He ends up driving off a pier into a bunch of uh, chickens. The Germans get away. We cut to the captain's office, and Gene Hackman is just losing it on the captain. He tells them what he tells them what happens, how he snapped, and he went into all these multiple personalities. The captain tells Gene Hackman that yes, he is his nephew, and then we get Dan Aykroyd's backstory. He went undercover, and he was captured by Colombians, and he was tortured and tortured and tortured by Colombians. They left him for dead. He didn't die. But after he recovered, that's when he developed this multiple personality. Now we know why Dan Aykroyd is the way he is. And maybe it might have been too grim. But like I said, we have these scenes. Maybe while he's telling the story, we get a flashback of this happening to Dan Aykroyd. I would rather see. I would rather have seen this than the you know the scene of the guy having sex this was integral to the plot have a flashback show us what happens why dan Aykroyd is that this way i'll set it before and i'll say it again the things that could have been told were shown the things that should have been shown were told and now let's take a break with a word from one of our sponsors hey there soldier i see you're back from defending our country yes i've been overseas but I brought something back with me from overseas, and I just hope my wife doesn't find out. Oh, I see. You brought back a little fire in your pants. I have to go home to my wife, and I don't know how long I can put her off. Well, don't worry, Super Soldier. You can protect your reputation with Dr. Carmichael's Easy Glide Egyptian Calamine Lotion. Dr. Carmichael's Easy Glide Egyptian Calamine Lotion? Yes, Dr. Carmichael's Easy Glide Egyptian Calamine Lotion will relieve all the burning, itching, and flaking in your pants. How does it work? Just apply Dr. Carmichael's Easy Glide Egyptian Calamine Lotion to the infected area, and within five minutes, you're <laughs> wow, you mean it only takes five minutes for Dr. Carmichael's Easy Glide Egyptian Calamine Lotion to work? Yes, you can safely go back to your wife and have sex for procreation, just like the Bible says. Dr. Carmichael's Easy Glide Egyptian Calamine Lotion comes shipped to your house in a plain brown box and is labeled Dr. Carmichael's Evergreen Shave Balm. That way you can keep it in your medicine cabinet just in case you have another lapse in judgment. <laughs> wow, that's great. Now, after being overseas for a year, you can safely go home to your wife and your five-week-old baby. Dr. Carmichael's Easy Glide Egyptian Calamine Lotion keeps your war stories secret. Dr. Carmichael, whose number one priority is family. And now back to the Dan Aykroyd Podcast. We find out one of the people that might be involved in all this is running for Chancellor of Germany. And he is there, and he is at the, uh, the German consulate. And then we cut to an interview of this guy, of this uh, German politician, and it's sort of a 60 minutes interview kind of deal, where he's running for German Chancellor, and there's all these rumors floating around that he was... Hitler's right-hand man, and he is saying that he's not. The interviewer is saying that, why are all these people saying this? 
So that's the plot we have right here. This is why it all comes into focus, why they want the film. He's actually the one that has the people going after the film. Because we see this German show up at the TV studio, and he's talking to the Chancellor's attache, and he knows, and he tells them that he got away, and why did you let him get away? He's like, Shh, don't talk to me that way. You're the one who let him steal the film. Back and forth, back and forth, back. And they're doing it in German accents. And I don't know why. If the whole movie is in German accents, fine, maybe. But later in the film, they're talking in German with subtitles. This would have been a perfect German subtitle. All these people are around. And they're talking about a film that may destroy the German Chancellor. Why are you doing that in English when you're in an American TV studio? Speak in German. Speak in German to each other with the subtitles. This would have been a perfect subtitle scene. But they speak in German. It takes you out of the scene, in my opinion. This would have been a perfect two, two guys arguing in German with the subtitles. It would have been great. But they're talking in their German accents to each other. And it just doesn't make sense. We cut back to the police station. And Dan Aykroyd apologizes to Gene Hackman about what happened to his car. And Gene Hackman says, I'm going to go home. But I don't have a home. And Dan Aykroyd offers Gene Hackman a place to stay in his apartment. Because he feels bad about ruining his car and losing all of his stuff. Another weird plot point that I don't understand. He, he's, they said in the movie that he was staying with the monks for two years. How would he have a fully furnished apartment when he's been living with monks for two years? And he's just been out for one day. Was somebody maintaining his apartment? Was he subletting his apartment? Did he have everything turned off and then had to have his gas and electricity turned on in his apartment? Because when you go to his apartment, it's fully furnished. It's full of food. It looks like it's been lived in. Now, the apartment is, from top to bottom, painted white. And it's just to, so Dan Aykroyd doesn't get stimulated in any way. It's a, it's a very, very mellow, very, very tranquil setting. Gene Hackman is staying there. He goes to bed. Dan Aykroyd warns him, I might have night episodes, which he does. Gene Hackman just pulls a, pulls a table in front of the door and sleeps with his gun out. I'm going to take a break here and talk about Gene Hackman's... Gene Hackman, of course, we know, is a fantastic actor. And Gene Hackman's acting in this movie, it's just so casual. And it's just so... It sounds weird, but it's some of the finest non-acting acting I have ever seen in a movie. He's just not trying to do anything. He's not trying to be anybody. He's just being this guy and he's just doing it fantastically uh, maybe i'm not making sense doing this if you see the movie you'll know it's the most casual non-acting acting i have ever seen uh, i maybe i shouldn't say i've ever seen but i i've seen and it's just it's just a delight to watch you never think that gene hackman is trying to pull off a character in this movie he's just in like in superman you you see he was trying to act a certain way to be lex luthor in the French Connection, he was at, trying to act a certain way to be Popeye Doyle. In this movie, he's just doing his thing. It's just—it's fun to watch. I just wanted to throw that in there. The next day, we cut to the German consulate. Dan Aykroyd and Gene Hackman are there. And Ronnie Cox shows up as an FBI agent. And here's one of the best scenes in the movie. Dan Aykroyd, Ronnie Cox, and Gene Hackman all go on this walking tour of the German consulate. And it's all, it's it's a long shot with only one cut. When the first time I saw it, I thought there was no cuts in this, but there is one cut. But it's, it's, it's nice nonetheless. And this whole thing lasts about five, six minutes. We see Gene Hackman and Ronnie Cox and Dan Aykroyd walking up the stairs and they're talking about the situation. Ronnie Cox knows that they have Dom DeLuise and they want Dom DeLuise. Gene Hackman and Ronnie Cox just playing off of each other wonderfully. And Dan Aykroyd is walking behind them. They know how to use Dan Aykroyd in this scene. It's Ronnie Cox and, and Gene Hackman, and it's just two pros going. It's very, very fun to watch. And if they would have injected Dan Aykroyd in there, I think it would have ruined the flow 
and I think it would have ruined the scene or at least slowed it down and not made it as entertaining. And this shows what a pro Dan Aykroyd is. He is in this scene with two actors, and he feels that he doesn't need to say anything, which he doesn't. He walks behind him. He's, you know, he's listening to everything. He's letting Gene Hackman handle this because this is Gene Hackman's uh, field of experience as, as a police officer. Ronnie Cox is bullshitting him. Gene Hackman knows he's bullshitting him, but he lets him bullshit him just to get all this information out. They walk up the stairs, and then there's a, there's a cut, and they walk down the stairs. And when they walk up the stairs, that's about a three-minute scene. When they walk down the stairs, that's about a three-minute scene. And they're all uncut except for that one cut. It was very nicely done. It was very, very fun to watch. And I just like the restraint on everybody's part not to make it like a wacky blah, 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 blah scene. It was a one-on-one scene between Gene Hackman and Ronnie Cox. We get the information we need. We get it in a fun way. I liked it. The scene ends saying that Ronnie Cox and the FBI are going to be there to pick up Dom DeLuise and take Dom into FBI custody. We cut back to the police station and it's Dan Aykroyd and Gene Hackman grilling Dom DeLuise, trying to find out where this guy is that has the film. Dom DeLuise claims he doesn't know where he is. They claim, okay, we have nothing to hold him on and they're going to cut him loose. That's what they tell him. They're going to turn him loose. And Dom DeLuise is like, if you turn me loose, the Germans are going to kill me. And this ploy works. Dom DeLuise tells him that he's going to meet them in New York. And he's going to buy the film uh, from the German guy in a health club that Dom DeLuise owns in New York. And they're walking out the building. And we see Ronnie Cox and his FBI agents run up the building. And Dan Aykroyd and Gene Hackman rush uh, Dom DeLuise out the back. It was funny, funny seeing Dom DeLuise trying to move, move quickly. During all this, one thing I forgot to mention is that besides being followed by the FBI, Dan Aykroyd and Gene Hackman are being followed by these other people. And another person is uh, Nancy Travis and her team. We don't know who she is yet. Once again, another actor that became big, uh, a small role for her in this movie. And you know what? Let's just do one. Let's just do a tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Nancy Travis is in this movie with Dan Aykroyd. And Nancy Travis stars with Tim Allen in the TV show Last Man Standing. She plays Tim Allen's wife. Well, Dan Aykroyd and Tim Allen are in the movie together, Christmas with the Cranks, which will probably be a future Dan Aykroyd podcast. That's how things link together and tangent over. Dan Aykroyd, Gene Hackman, and Dom DeLuise run out the back of the police station. They hop into a van. They drive off. We have a van car chase. Uh, Dom DeLuise is so big that this chair snaps off. Dom DeLuise and Dan Aykroyd are being thrown around in the back of the van like, uh, you know, a pinball. Bing, 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 While Gene Hackman is driving, Nancy Travis T-bones Ronnie Cox and his guys so Dan Aykroyd, Gene Hackman, and Dom DeLuise can get away. We don't know why Nancy Travis is helping them at this point. Her character is not defined, but she does. We cut to a train station, and they're going to take a train to New York to meet this guy. Ronnie Cox shows up with his FBI guys, and Gene Hackman straight out pulls a gun on Ronnie Cox and his FBI guys, saying, you know what, we're going to New York, leave us alone. And Ronnie Cox is like, you're crazy. And Gene Hackman is like, yeah, I'm crazy. And you got to be crazy to pull a gun on an FBI guy. And then Ronnie Cox sees them get on a train, and he turns to his guys and goes, get get us some tickets. It's like, you're the FBI. Board the train. Stop the train. You're telling me that the FBI can't have this train stopped? Can't have this train stop leaving for New York? That just doesn't make sense. And I don't know a lot. uh, I shouldn't say a lot. I don't know anything about law enforcement. It just seems like if you're with the FBI and an FBI criminal who is wanted is on that train, I think you could stop the train from leaving the depot. (sighs) 
Ronnie Cox gets on the train with his tickets, and Dom DeLuise, Dan Aykroyd, and, Dom, and uh, Gene Hackman have all slipped off the train. So Ronnie Cox and the FBI, they're on their way to New York. They see this in the station. Once again, maybe this is not how trains and the FBI works. You see that you're on the wrong train. You see that your, your perps are in, you know, are not on the train. Go up to the conductor. Stop the train. You're still, you're, you, you know, you can still hop off. Logist- I know they had to do this to make the plot go. But if you just think about a realistic how things would work in the real world, this would never happen. But it does. And Gene Hackman, Dan Aykroyd, Dom DeLuise, they hop another train. They're going to take a train to Cleveland, fly to Philadelphia, drive to New York. And somehow, Nancy Travis is on this train. How would Nancy Travis and her guys know that they're on this train? They did it at the last second. They made a last-second switch from a train to New York onto a train to Cleveland. There is no way that Nancy, once again, throw the logic out the door. Uh, I know a lot of people say, why are you focusing on the smallest? It's just, this is, it's a lot of convenience convenience is just usually synonymous with lazy writing in my opinion and this is just this is just lazy writing. she's on the train okay why does she why is she on the train because she needs to be good enough we find out that uh nancy travis is with the israeli government and they want the film because they want to make sure that this guy who's running for the german chancellor doesn't become the german chancellor they know that he was in with hitler they want to show this film to everybody to expose him that's why they are on Dan Aykroyd and Gene Hackman's side in this movie. The train's going along. We see a helicopter pull up besides the train. It's full of Germans. Everybody starts panicking and, you know, not panicking. Well, Dom DeLuise starts panicking. But the other cops, they spring into action and people are landing on top of the train. And this this train scene, oh man, what was the Steven Seagal? Under Siege 2. It's where a helicopter takes part of, you know, takes a train... Very, very reminiscent of uh, Under Siege 2. I don't know which movie came first. I don't know if this movie or, you know, so one movie looks exactly like another movie. Whoever came first, kudos to you. Whoever came second, boo. The Germans start taking over the train. Dan Aykroyd, Gene Hackman, and Dom DeLuise hop off the train and they jump into a river. At this point, Dan Aykroyd is acting like Paul Newman and Robert Redford from Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, that's when he snaps again and that's what he starts acting like. There's that scene where Robert Redford and Paul Newman jump into a river. They basically reenact that scene with Dan Aykroyd, Gene Hackman, and Dom DeLuise. It's it's never a good sign when you're taking scenes from better movies than you. If you know what I'm saying. It's like you're a lot of people would say it's an homage. I once again I'd say maybe it's kind of lazy. Oh, he's acting like Butch Cassidy in The Sundance Kid. Let's just take a scene from Butch Cassidy and The Sundance Kid. Put it in our movie. They jump in the river, and they're flowing down the river. And the ADR in this scene, we hear the ADR of Dan Aykroyd. He's, he goes from Popeye to uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival. You hear all this ADR, and it's really, really bad because you can see the scenes where Dan Aykroyd is floating down the stream, and his mouth is obviously closed. So the AD, it didn't need to be done, this scene. The ADR didn't need to be done in the scene. It detracts from the scene. It's sort of an exciting scene of seeing those three being washed down the river and the helicopter coming after them. Uh, the, the bad ADR just takes all, you know, all, the exci- all the excitement, anticipation out of the scene. They get to the end of the river. They hide in the forest. They're like, we're going to wait until night until the helicopter goes away, and then we'll... We'll get to New York. And here's another thing if you look at. Dom DeLuise set up a time, a specific time, to meet with this guy to buy the film. From that point on, they got on, you know, they had to take a different train. Now they're soaked in a river. They're in a forest. It, they're supposed to meet him at a certain time. Obviously, that timetable has been thrown way off because of all the stuff that they are going through. And there's no way they can contact him. How do they know that he's not going to show up at the appointed time, Dom DeLuise is not going to be there, and he's going to walk away with the film? Which is a, a distinct possibility, because he knows that the Germans are after Dom DeLuise. 
If he doesn't show up, he's going to think that he's dead and just move on, sell the film to somebody else. Once again, just a slight logistic thing that bothers me in this movie. But here's one thing that did not bother me. Now there's a scene, they're sitting around a campfire. For some reason, everybody's always able to start a campfire after they've been soaked in a river with no matches or no lighters. Anyway, Dan Aykroyd is contemplating leaving the police force because he keeps having these episodes. He keeps snapping. And here's a really, really nice scene between Dan Aykroyd and Gene Hackman. And Gene Hackman gives Dan Aykroyd the pep talk. He tells him, you can do it. And he convinces Dan Aykroyd that he can. And at the end of the scene, they're both howling at the moon. You know, telling those, you know, telling each other that, okay, if you're going to trust me with my multiple personalities, I'm going to do whatever I can to help you get this job done. And it's a very, very nice scene. It's actually kind of touching, too we see that Dan Aykroyd is really, really fighting inside. He really wants to be a cop, but he knows that this multiple personality thing is going to prevent him from being a cop. And Gene Hackman is telling him that, no, you're a good cop. Stay a cop. I need your help. Nice scene. Nice scene. They have driven to New York. They get to New York. And uh, how do they get to New York? Who knows? They're in the forest in the middle of nowhere. They're in New York. The German Chancellor is going to make, or the guy who wants to be the German Chancellor, is going to make a huge speech tonight. And what the Israelis want to do is get their hands on that film and show the film during his speech and expose him as the Nazi that he was or is. They get to the health spa. They're checking out the health spa. They're looking for the guy who they're going to buy the film from, but they also want to make sure that they haven't been followed there. And a huge gunfight breaks out during the... uh, in the spa. Guns flying everywhere. Uh, uh, Dom DeLuise, who owns the health spa, he pushes a button, uh, the, the bar slides back, and there's a huge arsenal behind the bar. As Dom DeLuise puts it himself, I'm a sleazebag, I need protection. So Dom DeLuise knows who he is. All these, so all these Germans break in and they start machine gunning, and Dan Aykroyd and Gene Hackman start machine gunning. And to me, the best line in the movie is Dom DeLuise just takes a machine gun and just opens the door and starts mowing down Germans. And he just yells out, they're fucking with the wrong Jew. I, that was, I thought that was funny. Uh, to me, that was one of the best lines in the movie. The guy who's going to buy the film, he's there. Why is he there at this particular time when they just show up? Convenience. But he's there. He gets shot. They take him into the office, and with his dying utterances, he tells Dan Aykroyd where the film is at. At that point, the Germans bust in, and for some reason, they know that this guy has told Dan Aykroyd where the film is at. There's no way they could have known. There's no way they could have heard. There's no way they could have seen what just happened in that office. But for some reason, they know that Dan Aykroyd now knows where the film is. At this point, Nancy Allen and her guys bust in, and they all, so it's a Mexican standoff in the health spa between Germans and Israelis. The Germans take Dan Aykroyd, Dom DeLuise, and Gene Hackman, and they're, they're going to take them to the film. Once, here's something I don't understand again. For some reason, they know that Dan Aykroyd knows where the film is. Why take Dom DeLuise? Why take Gene Hackman? Now, you can say, well, don't, we don't want to leave them behind because then they'll tell these people where we're going. You can just kill them. You've got the upper hand right now. One, I know they need to be in the movie because of the movie. Why would, you ha- why would you take three people, three times the headache, three times the people that you have to watch, when you could just take one, kill the other two, and you've reduced your risk right there? And it's not that they have any qualms about killing people we know that's not true they're being loaded in the van and once again dom DeLuise. the 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 film is in um grand central station and the guy just whispered it to dan Aykroyd very faintly but somehow dom DeLuise knows where it's at and as they're being loaded in the van dom DeLuise yells we're going to grand central station and he tries to escape and he gets shot in the ass (laughs) and he falls over rail and then the Germans shove Gene Hackman and Dan Aykroyd into the van and they take off for Grand Central Station. And we see the police helping Dom DeLuise. It would, it would have been nice. We don't know what happened to Dom DeLuise. We see him get shot and he falls over a rail. And then we cut to him in agony. So, you know, I've been shot in the ass. 
I think it would have been a much stronger scene. We see Dom DeLuise get shot. He rolls over the rail. Then we cut to Grand Central Station. We don't know what happened to Dom DeLuise. Then at the end of the movie, it's like, oh, he's okay. He just got shot in the ass. That would have been a nice surprise. Right now, they just, they blow any kind of tension or any kind of worry that you might have for Dom DeLuise. They throw it right out the window. I will give the movie credit. that Dom DeLuise plays a sleazy porno guy in this movie. And you feel for him. You're rooting for him. He does a nice job. The multi-dimensional character. Sure, he's a scumbag, but he's still a hu- You can see human traits in him. It's... For a mo- for this movie, I thought it was a very nice, complex character that Dom DeLuise played. But but we ha- but any tension, any worry we have for him is thrown out the window so we can get a joke about him getting shot in his ass. <sighs> At Grand Central Station, the Germans are rushed. You know, the Germans are taking Dan Aykroyd and Gene Hackman in there, and now they're speaking German with subtitles. We go back to that scene in the beginning of the movie. Why were they Why were they not doing it then? If they're not going to do it then, don't do it now but they need to do it now so we can set up a joke. This movie does things that it doesn't need to do to set up jokes. And it's just it's just lazy writing to get to... What can we do to get to a joke? We can do this, but that doesn't make sense. Who cares? It leads us to a joke. The joke is that while they're talking German, Dan Aykroyd and... Gene Hackman are talking Pig Latin and they're using subtitles for Pig Latin. That's the joke. And now I must admit, I thought it was a nice funny scene, but just the way they got there was so convoluted and just so wrong. That's just the word I can so wrong. They just needed a more clever way to get there. They get to Grand Central Station. Gene Hackman and Dan Aykroyd try to escape, and while they're escaping, Gene Hackman jumps on a subway car, but Dan Aykroyd gets shot in the leg, and he's not able to make it on the car. The subway, the subway train takes off. And what I what I thought Ronnie Cox would do with the train, we actually see it here. Gene Hackman runs up to the train. It's like stop the train, put it in reverse, and he goes, "This is a subway train. We can't stop it. We we don't have reverse." That tells us that it can't be done. Maybe see that scene in the. In the, in the train scene where Ronnie Cox is going, uh, that would have been a funny, like, wah, wah, we can't turn this train around, wah, wah. I don't think they did that because I think they know they probably could have stopped that train when they did. Anyway, the Germans take Dan Aykroyd underground in Grand Central Station, the back the back catacombs. of. While this is happening, Gene Hackman has to ride out the subway until the next stop. He hops off the subway, he gets onto bus. So this is sort of like a scene from Speed. Where he's just like, run him down, I need to get to Grand Central Station. And the bus driver's like, yeah, I've never done that before, I've always wanted to do it. Dan Aykroyd is now in uh, one of these tunnels underneath. He's being tortured to get the where the, the, the film is at. Makes it back to Grand Central Station. He goes underground, he follows. And this is, once again, convenience. From what I'm guessing, underneath Grand Central Station is probably a huge, huge area. But he just gets back there and is able to find Dan Aykroyd like that. And he rescues Dan Aykroyd right before he gets killed. The the German guy thinks he knows where the film is at. He thinks he's tortured Dan Aykroyd enough where the film is at. And the head German guy is about to kill him. Gene Hackman busts in and he saves him at the last moment. But the German guy takes off and Dan Aykroyd tells him, I lied to him. I didn't tell him where the film was at. He thinks the film is in a locker room. In the locker, he, he gives the name of a locker, but he tells Gene Hackman, he goes, no, no, it's in the locker room, but it's in Locker 64. Once again, why would you tell the German guy, even if it's the wrong locker, why would you tell him it's in the locker room? You're sending Gene Hackman into the same place as the German guy. Send the German guy someplace else. It's in the other end of the, send him somewhere where he would never, never meet Gene Hackman. That way, if somebody shows up, that, you know, when Gene Hackman goes to get the film, the Germans are nowhere close. Don't put the German anywhere close to the film. That just doesn't make sense. A lot of this movie, you just say, it doesn't make sense. Gene Hackman goes after the film. 
And the Germans, the German guys are in there trying to get the film in the same place. Gene Hackman gets the film. Gene Hackman gets the drop on him, but all of a sudden this police officer shows up and tells Gene Hackman to drop his gun, which he does. And then the Germans overpower the police. All this was done to make sure that Gene Hackman doesn't have a gun. Gene Hackman is trying to escape with the film. He doesn't have a weapon. The German guy follows him, and he has Gene Hackman dead to rights. He's got the film. Shoot him and take the film. Boom. Mission done. But no. Bring the film to me. Why? Why would you do that? Why would you? He's standing there defenseless with the thing that you've been searching for for all this time. It is in your grasp. You are a cold-blooded killer. You don't give a shit about human life. Kill him. Take the film. But before he can do that, he tells Gene Hackman, bring me the film, bring me the film. Dan Aykroyd is there. Dan Aykroyd has uh, composed himself and he has followed these guys to the locker room. And now Dan Aykroyd starts going through all these voices. Uh, Woody Woodpecker. Uh, he goes through a bunch of, bunch of voices. And one of the voices, we're going on a tangent alert here. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. Tangent alert. One of the voices he does is Mr. Bill from Saturday Night Live, the show that Dan Aykroyd got his start on. So, in this universe, Mr. Bill exists, which means Saturday Night Live exists, which means Dan Aykroyd exists in this universe. Short tangent, it's over. Dan Aykroyd claims to have a gun. German guy says, you're crazy, you don't have a gun. Gene Hackman says he is crazy, but he may be lying about having a gun. And while all this is happening, Gene Hackman, they are in front of this picture window. They're behind this picture window. Gene Hackman throws the film through this window. And while he's throwing the film through this window, the guy shoots him, the German shoots him in the leg. And this film goes whipping out through the window and it lands in the middle of Grand Central Station, basically at the feet of Nancy Travis. What are the odds, Grand Central Station, that this film is going to fall at the feet of the one person in Grand Central Station who needs that film? Astronomical. Yet it happens, because it's convenient and it needed to happen. Whew. The German guy is pissed. Dan Aykroyd did have a gun. Dan Aykroyd shoots the German guy. He goes crashing through the window, falls into a fruit stand. I didn't know they had fruit stands in the middle of Grand Central Station, but apparently they do. We cut to the hospital. Gene Hackman is watching television, and we see that during the German Chancellor's speech, they have shown the film, and the film is actually Hitler's suicide. That's what the film. And... The guy who told Hitler to commit suicide was the guy who was playing, who was wanting to become the German chancellor. And they can tell by the birthmark on his face. The German chancellor has this huge birthmark on the right side of his face. That's it. They were able to discredit the German chancellor. He was a, a Nazi warmonger, and now it is proven. So he can't become German chancellor. What happens to him? I don't know. What happened to all the Germans? I don't know. We're in the hospital. Gene Hackman walks over to Dom DeLuise's room. Dom DeLuise is throwing a fit because he got shot in the ass. You know how he got shot in the ass? They told us he got shot in the ass. I think it would have been a much better scene as Gene Hackman is walking down this, walking down the hotel corridor and all of a sudden you hear Dom DeLuise's voice yelling at the orderlies, yelling at the nurses. He recognized the voice. He walks into the room. He sees Dom DeLuise still alive. He wasn't killed. That would have been a nice reveal. We don't get that. Gene Hackman and Dom DeLuise go down to uh, Dan Aykroyd's room. And we go to the floor that Dan Aykroyd is on. He's entertaining children. He's doing dinosaur bits. They turn Dom DeLuise. So they turn, uh, his name is Harry the Hippo. Harry the Hippo Gutterman. Porno king. And they're, you know what? You know what? Let's leave him alone with all these kids. And they do. And Dan Aykroyd and Gene Hackman walk down uh, the hospital. One of my favorite westerns is El Dorado with Robert Mitchum and John Wayne. And at the end of El Dorado, Robert Mitchum and John Wayne are walking down this city street. They've both been shot in the leg. 
and they're walking on crutches. And they're having this nice conversation as they're walking on crutches. At the end of Loose Cannons, Gene Hackman and Dan Aykroyd, both been shot in the leg, they're both using canes. It was a nice, it was a similar scene to that. And that's the end of the movie. Movie ends. And that was Loose Cannons. And what did I think of Loose Cannons? From this podcast, you can tell I had a lot, a lot of problems with a lot of the laziness in the movie. Uh, Dan Aykroyd himself does not particularly care for this movie. I thought it was enjoyable for what it was. If you, if you try to ignore what all the stuff that I said about it, it's an enjoyable movie. The movie shines when Dan Aykroyd and Gene Hackman and Dom DeLuise are all on the screen together. They they all play off of each other very well. The chemistry, especially between Gene Hackman and Dan Aykroyd, are great. Uh, they could have made uh, other movies together. They, they work together very, very, very well. It's a casual view. The comedy bits are okay. The action bits, it's, it's just a nice... Saturday afternoon, uh, oh, I'm cleaning up the house. Maybe I'll just put on loose cannons and, and just have that in the background. That's the kind of movie that it is. It's not all good. It's not all bad. Dan Aykroyd's performance, you get to see Dan Aykroyd once again be Dan Aykroyd uh, with the impressions. That's what he's known for, with the voices. I mentioned this before. In the movie Dr. Detroit, if you want to check out my uh, podcast of Dr. Detroit, please do so. In that movie, he does all these voices and stuff like that, but it's not its not in character. He's doing all these voices for the first time. It, it's, it's not in the character that he's playing. Here they give him a reason to do these voices, his split personality. So there's a reason why he is going through all these voices, and he, he nails these voices. And when he is not, he jumps between being regular Dan Aykroyd and schizophrenic Dan Aykroyd very, very well. And his chemistry with Gene Hackman, as I said before, works very well. I would say if if it's on, just sit down and, and watch it. Or if you just have something to do, have it on in the background. If you're, if you're looking for something that's going to change your life, this is not the movie. If you're looking for some mild entertainment, yeah, okay, I would suggest this movie. And that's it. And this is another Dan Aykroyd podcast. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, please uh, check out my Patreon page. Check out my Patreon page, patreon.com, Scott White. Uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes, leave a review. Let me know what you think about it. Uh, visit me on Instagram at the Dan Aykroyd podcast and let me know what you think. Just always let me know what you think. Let me know what you like, what you don't like, what you think I can improve. I'm always looking to make this uh, uh, better and better with each episode. And I think I've come a long way since my first episode of 1941. And that's it. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, please uh, stay tuned for the next Dan Aykroyd podcast. I'm Scott White, and I am out of here.